0: Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. He is risen. He is risen. We celebrate that today. The resurrected Christ is what we celebrate today. Amen. Again, we're so glad you're here today to enjoy this. The most special day as far as the Christian calendar goes Yes, Christmas was a great day when we celebrate his birth. Yes, all the other festivals that occur during the day are great as well and spectacular. But Easter, but Resurrection Sunday is by far the greatest Sunday of them all. Because if we didn't have his death, his burial, and his resurrection, we wouldn't have anything at all. How many know that this morning? Amen? Aren't you glad to know that he is risen? Again, look at your neighbor and tell him, he is risen. I want you to get that deep in your soul. And I really, what I'd like to try to do this morning is to give you a good understanding of why it's important to know that he is risen. I want you to know, and I don't want you to be like so many that have come to church, maybe, maybe that's you, uh, for years and years, and have come and, yes, heard the Sunday message of Easter The resurrected Christ. And heard it, but it doesn't mean a thing to you. That tomorrow you'll get up and it just life continues the same. This Sunday is no different than any other Sunday. And that you'll go home, maybe have a barbecue with friends, family. Maybe have an Easter egg hunt at your home. But life continues the same. You see, for the believer, it has to be different. There has to be importance in this day. If not, you're missing the whole point of what this Word of God declares. Amen? Because without the resurrection, we have nothing. We have nothing, brothers and sisters. We have nothing without the resurrection. So this morning, you have a handout. If you don't have that handout, raise your hand. One will be given to you. Raise your hand. There's one up here in front. A couple up here in front that didn't get a handout. And we're going to talk about He is risen. And the text I want to take you to is found... In First Corinthians chapter 15, so if you can find that in your Bible, if not, I have it already on your outline. I make it really easy for you to not miss the Word of God. How many appreciate that, right? Because some of you bring Bibles, some of you bring your smartphones, your tablets, and that's great. Um, and for those that don't, I make it really simple and put it right there on the outline. But before we go there... How many know that there's still people today that believe there is no eternal reward? There's people today that don't believe in an afterlife. In fact, I was listening to something uh, this morning, and how many remember the great uh, Russian dictator Lenin? You learned about him in school. He was a well-known atheist. He didn't believe in the afterlife. Yet when he died on January 21st, 1924, they, they, they have his his crypt, his monument still to this day, his body lays in, in, in wake and uh, you can see it to this day. And they take care of it. Every, every month they, they take care of his body. Yes, it's disgusting, isn't it? But they take care of that body and on his monument, supposedly it says that he was the Savior of the world. That he was the Savior of the world. Amen? Now, after Lenin died, nobody heard from him again. After, let's take another look. After Buddha died, nobody heard of Buddha again. Other than in his, some of his writings. Mohammed, when he was dead and buried, nobody ever saw him again. When Jesus Christ died, however, let me tell you. Not only did he rise and was seen by his disciples, but we're going to talk about this. Over 500 people saw him at different places, Jerusalem, Damascus, and many other places. He was seen by believers. Over 500 people. And yet there's people today that deny the resurrection. People that deny even in any afterlife, eternal life. Can you believe that? And, and maybe that's where you were at. Maybe that's where you're at right now. Maybe you're still struggling with that whole process. Well, I want to, today, open the scriptures up to you and talk about the resurrection. How valuable, how important that is to your faith. Amen? So, won't you stand with me this morning, if you can? This morning, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I want to read to you from verses 1 through 5. And then I'm going to skip down to verse 12. Starting in verse 1 of chapter 15, it says this, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, Peter, and then to the twelve. And now I'm going to pick it up in verse 12. And I'm going to read through, actually through verse 17. It says, But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised... and you are still in your sins. Let's pray this morning. Father God, Lord, we thank you for this resurrection Sunday. Lord, without it, there is no power in the gospel. There is no faith in the gospel. And Lord, I thank you that you have revealed that through your word, that I understand it, that there are those here that understand it. But Lord, for those that don't, yet understand that i pray that lord holy spirit you speak to them that you reveal your truth as we open our hearts to your word this morning i pray god your anointing your blessing on your word this morning and i thank you for it and everybody said amen amen Amen. look at your neighbor again one other time say he is risen to your neighbor he is risen amen and you may be seated this morning how many of you just be honest this morning Um, Some of you were raised in church. Some of you came into church like I did later on in adulthood. I wasn't raised in church as as a believer like this. Um, But how many of you didn't believe in the resurrection at first? How many just looked at it as maybe a fable, a story? Yeah, that's a nice story. That's a nice fairy tale. Come on, be honest. Just raise your hand. That, That could be a few of you here, right? And at this time when this was written by Paul... Paul's addressing in Corinthians these errors in the church, heresy, doctrines of heresy or doctrinal mistruths that people were teaching. And in this chapter, he begins to talk about the resurrection. You see, there was a group of people, they were called the Sadducees, and they didn't believe in the resurrection of believers. Some of you have heard me say this before. They were called the Sadducees, you see, because... They were sad, you see. They they didn't believe in the resurrection. And and that's why they were sad. And I'm just kidding, that's not why they were sad, but that's what they were known as. But they didn't believe in the bodily resurrection of the believer. They believed in Jesus' resurrection. But they didn't believe we would be resurrected. And Paul goes on to state in the scriptures we just read listen, if if we don't also go up in a resurrection, in a bodily resurrection, then Jesus didn't. And all of what you believe in is futile and, and it's worthless. And I want you to understand this morning, Paul's declaring right here from the outset, you must believe in the resurrection. Otherwise, your faith is in vain. Everybody say, in vain. In vain. It means nothing. It's worthless. How many have ever done something in vain. You worked hard and hard and hard, and it was all for nothing. It was for, in vain. And that's what it would be like here, is what Paul's saying, is if you're believing this, and it actually wasn't true, it's in vain. But here's, here's what I often tell believers, some, some or non-believers, excuse me, some that will say, well, I don't believe in this resurrection, I don't believe in this Jesus that the Bible talks about. And I'll tell them, well, look, you know, if I live my life and, and live for God and and at the end of the day, the Lord calls me home, or in your words, I just die. I cease to exist. Um, I lose nothing if you're right. But if I'm right, you lose everything. You lose everything. For me, it's just a, it's a win-win situation. But for the unbeliever, they've lost everything. So again, there is importance here when it comes to the resurrection. And Paul was was trying to clarify this doctrinal error that they were teaching. But here's the good news. Jesus did resurrect. Amen? Jesus resurrected. That is what the gospel means. You hear the term gospel? It means good news. Death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I have a couple of slides I want to have Raquel put up on the screen right now. That's me. (laughs) That's a cave behind me. I know Wayne has seen this too. And uh, I think any others been to Israel? This is in Israel, in Jerusalem. This is where most scholars believe that Jesus' body was laid to rest. Well, there was a a big stone, a, a round stone off to the left. And it was rolled in place. And you know at that time when... When the Romans set that stone in place, they put their insignia on there. It's a stamp on there. Nobody could touch that. And then, not only that, but they had Roman guards standing there. I mean, Roman guards. You didn't mess with Roman guards. They were the Navy SEALs of their time, okay? And on Resurrection Sunday, guess what happened? That stone was rolled away. Can you say amen? The stone was rolled away. Christ rose. He rose from the the grave on the third day, just as he had promised. And so I flew to Israel. I flew to Jerusalem to check it out. And the tomb is empty. It is empty. Amen. Give him a hand clap. He is no longer in the tomb. If I go to some of these tombs, I can still see Lennon. How many remember the crazy Jim Jones? He said he was a savior. He said he was Jesus. I can go to his gravesite. He's still buried there, wherever he's buried. I don't care to go to his gravesite. How many remember a David Koresh years ago? He also said he was Jesus. He's buried six feet under somewhere. He's still there. But Jesus, my savior, is no longer in his grave. Amen? He is, he is, he is resurrected. Go to the next slide. This right here is known as Golgotha. How many know Golgotha means the face of the skull? Can you see the skull outline there? The two deep pockets of eyes? See the, the holes there? And that's where they believe Jesus was crucified, right up on top of that hill. And that is in close proximity to that tomb that we just looked at. Right here, Jesus was crucified with two thieves. He was crucified for your sins, for my sins. Right there, he went willingly to the cross. How many understand that? He went willingly, like a lamb goes to slaughter. He went willingly for you and I. Amen. And this morning, many of you, or I shouldn't say many of you, but there may be some of you, and we certainly know others, we certainly maybe work with others, that don't believe in this eternal life, that don't believe What took place here was for you and I to enjoy eternal life. They believe that if they're just good people, if they treat their neighbor just like they want to be treated, and they treat them with respect, that all is going to be good, that they'll somehow, some way, work their way up into heaven. And how many know the Bible says that that's not true? That it says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That unless we come to Him, we will have no, no chance of eternal life. Amen? But, but many of us can or have at times, maybe when you were younger, like I did. I didn't necessarily believe in the resurrection. I thought, well, that's a nice fairy tale. That's a nice story. Yeah, I must give those people hope. But I'm here to tell you, 500 people saw Jesus Christ after his resurrection. Amen? 500 people, not just his disciples, not his 12 or the 11. Judas was gone at that point. But over 500 people saw him. And some of the people that we know, even, even maybe back then, believed that in this is a fable, just like Santa Claus, just like the Easter Bunny, I'm not an Easter Bunny uh, believer. So you're not going to see an Easter Bunny here. Sorry to break any people, any, any hopes here or aspirations that so you're going to see the Easter Bunny. You're not going to see the Easter Bunny here today. We're only going to talk about Jesus. Amen? Is that all right with you? Amen. Well, at the same time, these people look at this as a fable, as a story. And they may say, well, yeah, that's fine. But what importance is it to me? What does it mean to me? How, how does this affect my life? I want to cover really quickly five quick points of why the resurrection is important to you as a believer. Why you must understand the resurrection with a passion. Amen. Number one on your outline. And I left space in there if you want to write notes in there. But again, this is for for you to, to, to put any thoughts in there as well. But number one, the death of Christ was necessary To accomplish God's desires for mankind. Going back to what Paul said. Without the cross, without the resurrection, our faith is futile. It's it's of no value. Death, burial, and resurrection. It's very similar, if we can go back to what baptism is all about. Raise your hand if you've been baptized. Raise your hand. Amen. That should be the majority of us, which is here. And baptism is compared to the resurrection of Christ. You go down into the water. We submerge in baptism here by immersion. So, so you get buried. You, you die to your old self. You get buried. And then you rise again in the newness of life. The old is gone. Behold, the new has come. How many are happy to know that that's where you find yourselves in? How many are happy to know that the old person is gone? I'm happy to know the old Rick is gone. And the new Rick is here now. And and I'm sure many of you here can say the same thing. Amen? Christ needed to go to his death, the burial in a tomb, and then finally his resurrection. As he had promised, as the scriptures had prophesied over 1,500 years before he ever died, that he would rise again. Amen? Jesus said... He would rebuild the temple in three days. And he wasn't talking about physical, the physical temple, the, the Jewish temple at that time. He was talking about his own earthly temple, his own physical body. Amen. So if you want to know about the God of your salvation, if you want to know about the word that he's left you, you must accept him as Jesus Christ in order to be reconciled to him. This is the good news. This is the gospel, the death the burial, the resurrection. That's why it's necessary. It was necessary for God to accomplish that in order that we might have salvation today. Amen? Point number two, the resurrection of Christ is inseparable from the gospel of Christ. So what do I mean by that? Well, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, where Paul is speaking, he reminds his brothers by saying, The gospel I preach to you. The gospel I preach to you. The good news I preach to you. It revolves around the death of Christ who died and rose again for your sins according to the scriptures. Paul states that right there. He states it clearly. But notice that Paul, he doesn't end there. He doesn't just say Christ remained dead. He, He stayed buried No, he said, but he was raised on the third day. He was raised on the third day. Everybody say that with me. He was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures before he appeared to his disciples. Who was the first person he appeared to? Anybody remember? Mary Magdalene. Magdalene. Very good. He appeared to her before he appeared to anybody else. Sometimes the Lord will appear to the person that is the most hungry for him. She was going to go visit him. She was going to go uh, seek him and, and, and prepare. And, and, and she didn't know what she was going to see. But the Lord revealed himself to her at that moment. Before Peter, before John, before any of the other disciples, he revealed himself to the most hungry person there. Are you hungry today? Spiritually hungry for him? Do you want more of him? He will make Himself real to you today. Amen? We can never leave the resurrection out of the gospel message. The resurrection is the gospel message. Christ's death, and resurrection are inseparable from the gospel of Christ. They're tied together. When you mention the gospel of Christ, it's talking about the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord. And then point number three, the resurrection of Christ is the fuel that ignites our preaching to a lost world. You see, without the resurrection, we have no power. We have no Holy Spirit power. See, the Lord said, I must go and I will send the comforter to you. The comforter is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what empowers each and every one of you to get up out of bed on a Sunday morning, on an Easter Sunday... And say, oh man, this bed feels nice and comfortable. And I got to drive all the way from Sacramento to American Canyon. Oh my goodness. The Holy Spirit gives you that power. The Holy Spirit gives you that power to drive from Angwin. We have some that drive from from Sausalito, from Pano, from all over. And the Holy Spirit gives you that power. Trust in Him, won't you? Trust in Him to lead you and guide you. Because if it's up to us, we just stay in bed. We'll just stay, we'll have breakfast in bed, right? That sounds really good, Raquel. Later. All right. So the resurrection again is of Christ is the fuel that ignites our preaching. This is like gasoline to an engine. It's like a Red Bull for a teenager. I don't let my teenager teenager dry, drink a Red Bull. I, we just don't allow Red Bulls in our house because Red Bulls can you can get you can take advantage of that or it can take advantage of you. I've seen people that drink 10 of those a day and you got to be careful with that stuff. Amen. Everything in moderation. Amen. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but just moderate. Moderate. There's power in the resurrection. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 14 says this. If Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain. Our preaching is in vain. But thank goodness, The the gospel speaks truth about the death, the burial, and the resurrection. In fact, if we don't preach on it, we misrepresent God. I misrepresent Him if I don't tell you the, the truth about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. And then finally, the fourth point. The resurrection of Christ saves. The resurrection of Christ saves. Here in verse 17 of 1 Corinthians Chapter 15 says, And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Well, how many are thankful they're not in their sins anymore today? Amen? How many are thankful they are not in their sins anymore today? I'm so thankful today. I, I look at you, I see, I see new creations in Christ. I see some of you that I knew before Christ. And I see some of you now today today. After Christ. And it's such a difference. And there should be a difference. There should be a transformation in you. Amen. Jesus paid it all on our behalf. For our sins on the cross. There's not a thing you can do. There's not enough money you can put in the offering. There's not enough prayers you can pray. To make it right. God did it all. By sending his son to die on a cross. All you must do, all you must I do is to receive it. Say, Lord, I receive that. In the name of Jesus, I receive your son into my life. Please forgive me of my sins. That's all you need to do to begin this walk with Christ. Amen? How many know it's a gift? A gift is free. You, there's no strings attached. I can't say to, to Wayne, here, Wayne, come and take this Easter little. It's a gift for you. But, but no, first go and mow my lawn and then make me breakfast in bed. <laughs> That's not a gift. He doesn't want that Easter lily, apparently. That's all right. But you know, God gave us a free gift. A free gift. We don't work for it. It's free. All He's wanting you to do is be somebody with a free will to say, Yes, I accept that. Yes, I receive that. Amen? I receive that. We now have direct access to the Father. I remember... How many remember Batman? The original Batman I'm talking about. The old black and white Batman. And then later in the color. Well, Commissioner Gordon would pick up the hotline, right? I think it was a red phone. wasn't a red phone. He'd pick up a hotline. See, some of you are shaking your heads. You remember. Because I've been told about this, right? And so, pick up the phone. And then he would have direct communication with Batman. And he could talk to Batman. And so... We, in the same terms, we have direct access to the Father by picking up the phone. We just go, Lord, Lord, can I talk to you today? That's how it starts. You don't have to get down on your knee. You don't have to uh, be this holy person. Uh, You know, I don't know. Sometimes people think they're not good enough. Well, guess what? None of us are good enough. The Bible says none of us are righteous. Not even one. So all it takes is you say, Lord... I really ha- I'm having a tough day today. There's people at my work that are yelling at me. My supervisor's not happy with what I'm the job I did today. My kids are yelling at me. My dog doesn't want to come near me. I can't do anything right, Lord. I need your help today. And and that's a simple, honest prayer. Some of you may have prayed something like that. That's a prayer. It doesn't have to be oh, great and mighty God, I know Thou, thou wast. Uh, is, is here in this, and, and, and I want to approach thy kingdom. And uh, you don't have to speak in words like that. That's fine if you do, I'm not knocking that, but it's a really simple conversation you and the Lord. And that death, burial, and resurrection now grants you access to the hotline. How many are taking advantage of that hotline? Any minute, any second, 24-7, 365, 366 on a leap year, right? You can take advantage of that. Not just here. You walk out. I do this all the time. My girls have seen me do this many times. We go into a parking lot. Lord, give me a parking space. You know that time when you go to Costco and you can't find a parking space? And there's one way out there a million miles away, but you don't want to walk that far? And all of a sudden... Somebody pulls right out. I do that all the time. And Raquel, does that always happen? The Lord opens up a parking spot? She says yes, because it does. That's a prayer. God cares for the desires of your heart, doesn't he? He, say, he states that in his word. He cares about the desires of your heart. Now, I'm not saying that, oh, Lord, you know I'm, 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 I'm 50 years old. I'm going through a midlife crisis or whatever age you are. Please grant me a hot 24-year-old with a nice Corvette on the side. No, he's not going to go there, okay? So don't even think about that. I'm talking about the desires of your heart that line up with his word. Now, when he sees me pray that prayer, Lord... Open up a, a, a parking space so that I can park right there. What, what I'm really doing, what the Lord is more importantly doing, is he's building up faith in my daughters. He's letting them see, wow, the power of a simple prayer. And that teaches them, oh, I can do that and more. Amen? Yeah. Amen. So that is part of what the Lord grants us. Direct access to him by, by raising himself from the dead. Amen? So we have not only direct access, but we we receive the favor of God. We receive favor, sprinkled favor all over wherever we walk as believers. We have God's favor. Parking spots opening up for us. All of a sudden, you get that check in the mail that you never even knew was coming. All of a sudden, somebody throws a a $400 check, a bank, overpayment or something. Ever been there? You get a payment like that? Unexpected. You get God's favor just being poured into your life. You get... Um, um, you're you're pain free you're 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 not struggling with issues that you may have had in the past why because he cares for you because he loves you because he wants to see you do well amen, amen. he loves you the resurrection gives us new life again it, and i was referring to second corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 where the The scripture declares that the old is gone. Behold, the new has come. The Lord has given that to each of us here today. The old is gone. The new has come. How many are thankful for that this morning? Amen. And then finally, point number five, my last point here. The resurrection of Christ is the basis for future hope. You see, Lenin, when he died on January 21st, 1924, in his mind, that was the end. That was it. Fini. Fin. The end. Punto. And little did he know at some point in the resurrection, he will bend the knee and he will declare that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. Amen? He will do that and everybody else that has ever gone and passed away will do that. Now you could do that on this side of heaven or you'll do it At some point in the resurrection. Amen. Now if your loved loved ones have passed away. Know this. The Bible also says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. They are celebrating with the Lord. They are in his presence today. It isn't the end when you die. And see for the unbeliever. That's the, that's the gloomy despair that they face themselves in. Have you ever been to a funeral of an unbeliever? We have a brother here, Dan Garcia, who leads us in worship. He works at a funeral home and he, and he does funerals at home at this home. And oftentimes it will be for people that are not believers. And there is gloom and there is hope in situations like that. And, and all you can do as the speaker is, is speak hope into that. Share that hope um, on some level. But I know when I've been there, there's no hope. There's no hope in the people. There's, there's despair. There's gloom. There's death all around them. Because they have no hope in Christ. And, and that is the difference that you and I as believers, we now have an eternal hope to know where we're going in confidence, to know that we are born-again believers, we've received Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, and by that act and that act alone, He's given us access. He will one day tell you as He opens that door to you and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Amen? Are you learning or yearning to hear those words one day? We should all be, all of us, because I'll tell you what right now, Many of you here, you know, we're, we're ranging in ages from teens to probably, uh, you know, later in life here, throughout this whole congregation here. And none of us have tomorrow promised, not a one. I mean, we could all go out home right now and cross the street and get hit by a bus. God forbid, right? But none of us have tomorrow promised. Today, the Bible says, is the, is the day of salvation. If you've not settled that question in your heart, today is the day. Why wait? Why wait? You know, and, I, and I'm constantly reminded of that because when my son was in the Navy, and I've shared this with you many times, 20 years of age, he was killed. 20 years of age. Yet he was a believer, so I know one day I'll see him again. I don't worry about that. But are you settled in here, in your spirit with that question? Are you settled? Do you know that, that you know that when it comes time, For God to call you home. And only he knows when that day is. That you will be with him. See. Christ is risen. For you and I. He's risen so that you would have a hope. Just like he rose from the dead. You and I will one day rise again. Because he has risen. We have this good news. That brings us a saving message. Salvation from our sins. A hope for our future. And as I close this morning. You know, for, again, I'll reemphasize for some, maybe not here, but for some, Easter may be a day spent barbecuing, possibly, hiding some eggs somewhere, but no thought, no mention of Resurrection Sunday. No thought, no prayer offered at maybe a table of food, of, of Thanksgiving, no, no thanksgiving offered. No mention or thought of God on this most holy of all days, Resurrection Sunday. No concept of what the real meaning of Easter is all about. God forbid that that would be any of us here today. You see, for those people, death can be cruel. It can be harsh. It can be so final. Because that's it. When you're dead here, I can't pray for you. And You're not going to some place in between heaven and earth where I can pray you out of there. Sorry, that's not found in the Bible. See, this is what the disciples were also feeling when they saw their Lord Jesus crucified. Yet they walked with him for three years. Three years. They walked with him. Saw miracle after miracle after miracle. Yet on that day, we, we saw this little video, and it shows Thomas, who also walked with them for three years. Three years. And he didn't believe. He doubted. Wait. He's going, wait. I I don't believe. Unless I see his hands and his feet, I won't believe. And yet in the book of John, the gospel of John, chapter 20, and verse 28, he sees Jesus and he bows before him. He says, my Lord and my God. He finally believed. What does it take for you and I who not only have seen the story from beginning to end, have his written word, can read it at any time, what's it going to take for us to believe? Amen? Let me read this scripture to you found in John 11, verses 25 through 26. Before I read that, Jesus said this scripture right when his dear friend Lazarus had passed away. How many remember the story of Lazarus passing away? It was a friend of Jesus's. And so he's there at, his, at the tomb. And by the time he's there, the Bible says that his body stinketh. It was, it was a stench. He stunk. He was bad. It, was, it, was, it had been days now. And they were inside the tomb. And the Bible says Jesus wept. It's the shortest verse in the Bible. How many know that? It's the shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept. Now, I believe he wept... He wept for a couple of reasons, but more importantly, he did weep because that was his friend, but he wept because that's not what, what creation was designed for. It wasn't designed to end in death like that. I believe that's why he wept. He wept because it was supposed to go on. See, God created Adam and Eve to live forever, amen? And through sin, we brought death on ourselves. So he was crying Because he knew that death was not part of God's original plan. Humanity was not meant to grow old, to suffer with disease, to die, to suffer from allergies, from this condition, from that condition. Sin came and took dominion in this world. But Jesus came to set us free from all of that. But standing there at at Lazarus' tomb, this is what Jesus uttered. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? He said. So let me ask you this this morning. My challenge to you is this. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Do you believe this? He is the life and the resurrection. He who believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Are you convinced in your heart? Are you convinced in your soul that he died for you? If there was nobody else in this room, and it was just you, that he died for you. Are you convinced of that? Because he did. He died for each of you. Amen? You see, if we believe in him, though he were dead, though we were dead, Yet shall we live. Yes. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your word. Would you stand with me this morning? Lord, we thank you this morning for your precious word, Lord, for the gospel. Of death, burial, and resurrection. It's a gospel that saves. It's a word that brings truth. It brings life. It brings hope. And Lord, we receive that this morning. We believe that you are the resurrection and the life. You are the way, the truth, and the life. And Lord, we put our hearts and our spirits, our minds, into your word. And we believe this morning... That God, that you died, that you sent your son to die on that cross for me, for each of us this morning. So I want to ask those of you out there with your head bowed this morning. If there's any of you out here that maybe are still struggling with that. Or just want to finally settle that once and for all. And you want to recommit yourself to the Lord. Or maybe you want to just begin this walk with the Lord for the first time in your life. Either one, if that's you, just raise your hand so I can pray for you. Just raise your hand. I see your hands. You can put your hands down. Anybody else? Thank you, Lord. I want to pray a prayer right now. and It's a simple prayer, but this is what the gospel says. That if you say this prayer and mean it with your heart, mean it with your spirit, that God... Himself, Almighty God, King of kings, Lord of lords, will come into your life from this moment forward. So I want everybody to say this prayer with us this morning, with me. Heavenly Father, I come before you. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. All my wrongdoings. I believe you went to the cross for me. That you died. That you were buried in a tomb. tomb. And that you rose again again to give me eternal life. life. I receive that today. today. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. In Jesus' name. name. Give the Lord a hand clap this morning. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There was at least two people that said that prayer this morning. Give them a hand clap right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let me tell you right now. The Bible says that when you say that prayer, and you mean that with your heart, that the angels in heaven rejoice over your soul being added. See, God has a little black book. Any of you ever had a little black book? You don't have to tell me. You don't have to confess. We we now have them on our iPhones, right? Or your electronic devices, but... God has a little black book. It's called the Lamb's Book of Life. If you call yourself a believer today, if you've committed your life to Christ and consider yourself a born-again believer, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. But if you've never said that prayer, if you have not walked this walk and said that prayer, your name is not in that Lamb's Book of Life. And the only people that will ever see heaven are the people whose name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Amen? So thank God that your name is written in that Lamb's book of life.